All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm really pumped up about this new podcast I've been listening to. It's about this guy named Abner Mares. He's a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and he's a dad, obviously, to two little girls. Like, hello, we're like soulmates. I'm a dad to six little girls. He's got to pick his game up. But anyways, he's beloved by the hardcore fans alike. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. The guy's unbelievable. He's got Blue Wire's newest podcast. It's called On the Hook with Abner Mares. And on the podcast, you'll hear from him, his family, his fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. Trainers, sparring guys, whatever, you know, people who inspired him. So he talks about stuff like the state of boxing. We'll talk about his journey from a kid on the street to a boxing champ, the rags to riches. Talks about his sport, what he likes, his music, culture, family life, being a husband and hashtag girl dad. All right, so listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts. There's episodes in English on Tuesday and episodes in Spanish on Wednesdays. So anyways, listen to On the Hook. It's a good one, everybody. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate Oh, Tim's here. Hi, Tim. Hello. Thanks for having me. Did you feel left out that I did a throwback nostalgia episode on Wednesday? It was a little weird, but you mentioned me a couple times, so that made me, that made me feel good. I will give you one compliment. You do make the show better. Aww. Because, gosh, when did you join, join on the squad? <laughs> the drop in the glove squad. Yeah. Yeah, fam. Uh, I can tell you exactly when. It was the first episode of 2019 because we did a uh, New Year's wish list resolution thing for every team in the league. Remember? Oh, yeah. We that was a good In the one. office. And that was like, a good hey, one. You want to do this with me? And I'm like, okay. So I just did it. I think I was in need of someone who knew hockey. That was my child. You didn't really know that if I knew hockey, though. No, I just figured you were from Boston and you – New hockey, yeah. But anyways, it's been just a sweet romance ever since. The show's taken off. It really has. We are in person tonight. Tim came over to the property just enjoying himself a little northern magic, Michigan magic here up in my property. What do you think, Tim? How's the work coming along? Every day it looks better and better. I can I can see the, the homestead forming itself here. You didn't see the paint job on the outside, but the whole front is almost finished painting. 
We have the wood stove in the position. The flooring's going down. I had to hire out some of the jobs, though. What? I know. John. I just figured I, I need to actually physically be home more than I am. <laughs> so I hired out the trim. I hired out the plumbing. I hired out the cabinets. People are going to put the cabinets in for me, and I hired out the carpet. Uh, I'm just paying money, just throwing it at people. So that's all getting taken care of by somebody else, which I intended to do it. So my it took a big load off my plate, which is nice. I still have to do the flooring and the exterior. And then I think that's it for me. And then I'm just going to focus on moving because I got to be out of my house in a month. Do you know exactly how many days? Do you have a countdown yet? 30. 30 days. We got to be out. Wow. And this place, if you were to walk in right now, you'd be like, this place is not going to be ready in a month. It is a disaster. Anyways, you guys can't see it. Maybe we can post a picture on the Dropping the Glove social media site. We can do a walkthrough with the video. We should. Oh, we That'd should do that. Let's do that after the podcast. But anyways, it's thundering outside. It is 7.30 at night on a Thursday. This is our Friday episode. So let's dig into the news. Some sad news in hockey. Well, is it sad or is it happy when a legend retires? It's bittersweet, right? It's bittersweet. I, I think so, too. So Doc Emmerich. The voice of NBC for, gosh, how many years? I don't even know. Ever since I started watching NBC hockey, he's always been around. He called it quits. I don't know how old he is. He's got to be in his 70s. And he's leaving on a high. I think I can't think of another voice once Bob Cole retired from CBC. And you might not know Bob Cole. He was a hockey night in Canada legend. I think once he retired, Doc Emmerich was the voice for the NHL. And yes, every locality has their guy. Like in Buffalo, we had Rick Jenneret. In Boston, they have that clown, Pat Foley. Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards. And in Chicago, they have the great Pat Foley. The clown is Jack Edwards. Excuse me. Every guy has their local guy who they love. But nationally, Doc Emmerich was the guy. He had that voice. He had that personality where you just love listening to him. So it's sad to see him. Do you have any memories of him, Tim? (laughs) In all my encounters with him? Well, just listening on TV, you know, because I grew up watching the games on CBC. I didn't watch the games on NBC until I moved to the States. So I've only been exposed to him for the last 10 years, but he's been working for NBC and working for the NHL for a long time. I don't know. I'm just, it's just a question, Tim. Don't get so defensive. No, it's, 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 uh, I mean, I saw a tweet that said someone said he's, he's as important to the game of hockey as anyone in the history of the game. When you talk about growing the game, being such a, a, a broadcast voice, he's, he's, you know, equivalent with playoff hockey, really, in a lot of ways. And I remember there's always a transition when, like, the local media will cover the first two rounds, usually, of a playoff series. And obviously, the Bruins guys, we all love Jack Edwards. But then when it switched to Doc Emmerich, it just elevated to another level. His knowledge, the way he calls a game, his professionalism is just, he's got to be one of the best broadcasters of all time across any sports. You got to think. Here's my issue with today's media, where you say something like that, where you just read a tweet. And people read that tweet and they just think of it as fact. It was, it was, uh, no, no. Because uh, there's, sorry to cut you off. There's no way he is that important as anybody else in hockey for the time he's been in hockey. Not a chance. He, let's just get like, let's put him where he belongs. He was a broadcaster and he grew the game maybe a little bit. I don't think people tuned in to listen to Doc Emmerich. He was just a cherry on the cherry on top he was like he was a fantastic at his job but for you to say that he was like this he grew the game so much 
he was a broadcaster. Like, let's let's not overblow things. And I hate when people do this. They just see a tweet and they're just like, oh, this guy tweeted this. It's got to be true. That tweet was from Mike from no, Oshkosh no, no. Was- Bagosh, and he has like four followers, and you saw it, and he's like, I saw a tweet where he said Doc Emmerich was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he was the best thing in hockey since uh, whatever. It's like, let's just you know stay in his lane. He was a great broadcaster, the best best at what he does. So I just uh, – I don't know. I, I Twitter bothers me that way where – Someone will tweet something, and then all of a sudden, because it's gone, it's in the atmosphere, it's on the it's on the internet. It's it's fact. It's true, and no one goes back and says and says, okay, well, this is just this guy's opinion. It's not fact. Doc Emmerich was great. He was great at what he did. He did. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy he had a great career. I'm happy he's retiring. He's going to go enjoy whatever he's going to go enjoy. But to put him on the same level as a Gordy Howe or guys who built the game, a Scotty Bowman, a Wayne Gretzky, guys who actually grew the game, Wayne Gretzky went to Los Angeles, and physically grew the game in the South. Without Wayne Gretzky going to Los Angeles, you don't see team in San Jose. You don't see a team in Anaheim. You don't see teams in Dallas and Tampa Bay. He physically grew the game in the Southern United States. Doc Emmerich was just a good announcer. And I, and I hate that we're right here because we should be celebrating this man. But you say something so egregious. I don't want my fans to think that we support these tweets. Who tweeted it? I'm trying to find it. It was it – was- the tweet was was quoting like another like major broadcaster like a John Madden or Bob Costas like a guy like in media in sports. Again, why is he is his? I'm just saying it's not just some guy. It's not why Mike is in his, his quote gospel? Like why does whatever that guy say just become fact? It's his opinion. My opinion is Doc Emmerich was the top of his game. He did not affect the growth of hockey one iota. I don't think anybody tuned into a hockey game. And they check, they check the list and they go, okay, NBC, who's broadcasting? Okay, it's him. Nope, Doc, I'm not tuning in. That's just my... Uh, so you just you hate Doc Emmerich? I love huh? Doc Emmerich. I think he's great, but I don't think he had anything to do with growing the game at all. At all. And I just don't like how people make blanket statements and they're like, oh, he was so great. Especially when he's retiring, everyone's cooing and cawing over him. That's what I'm saying. The guy's retiring. Let him just let It's him the have same thing when people die. It's like people die and then they elevate them. It's like, he was so great. He did all this great stuff. Can we just be realistic? Like he was a great guy, but he was a, he was a prick sometimes. Like when I die, I hope they say, you know what? He tried his best. But sometimes he was a real big pain in the bum. Let's say, you know, he, he struggled with a lot of things. That's what I hope they say. You know, he was really tall. <laughs> I know. I'll say all that stuff. So I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how we get to this this tangent but i triggered you congrats yeah it's twitter is i am teetering on the edge of just losing my mind right now and just going off on a tangent about how much i hate twitter and how soft the u.s is right now and how people are just so thin-skinned tim's just shaking his head like don't do it don't don't it'll just ruin our podcast forever (laughs) we'll have to to just turn off and start again (laughs) all right so let's talk about some other news what else do we have tim uh, I want to talk a little bit about... Can we just keep going on this softness? Let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks letter. That's, that was my next thing. Because it's in the same lane as what we were talking about, about people being soft. So the Chicago Blackhawks made some moves. They did not re-sign Corey Crawford. They traded Brandon Sod. The people in Chicago were upset. Who did they trade Brandon Sod for? Do you know? I don't remember. No one remarkable that, yeah. that I can think of. But so they traded Brandon Saad. 
beloved player in Chicago for what he did during the Stanley Cup runs. They, they let Corey Crawford go for the same reason the fans are upset. They love Corey Crawford. He won them some cups. He's really good with the fan base. He goes out and like gets involved in the community. So the fans didn't like that. And I'm sure they they voiced their displeasure on Twitter. The 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 merciful like the the Twitter sphere, everything is just uh, facts. You could tweet something and then it just becomes its own entity where it's just facts. So someone probably tweeted out, not sure why they're trading all these guys. Looks like they're going into a rebuild mode. Sad face. And then it just takes off. Someone grabs it and uses it in their article and they get five or six other tweets from Hawks fans. Anyways. Well, well don't forget that Kane and Taze came out and spoke to some of that stuff. Too. Yes, they did. They did. But we're going to get to that. Okay. So the Hawks write a letter. Do you want to read the letter or should we just? It's a little long. Just read, read, read the letter. We okay. got time. <clears throat> a message to Blackhawk fans. We recently said goodbye to a pair of popular two-time champions and acquired some new players via trade and free agency. We understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful for the future of Blackhawks hockey. We're committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there. An effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. The influx of youth and their progression will provide roster flexibility and depth throughout our lineup. We were already the youngest team in the 2020 playoffs, and several Blackhawks experienced that intensity for the first time. This will help to further establish a culture that embraces the grind of improvement, driven by competitors who are relentless, engaged, motivated by a first-team mentality, team-first mentality to win. As our young players develop and learn how to win consistently, they'll make some mistakes. Inevitably, we'll miss the mark sometimes too, but we'll communicate openly with you on this journey together. We know that what comes next must be more than just words, and that inspires us. Chicago Blackhawks. It's worse. It's worse than I remember. I hate this. Yeah. I absolutely hate this letter. So what – before I talk, what is, what is the reasoning behind this letter, and what, what do you think of it? Uh, I think <laughs> I think a couple of things. Kane and Taze's remarks to the media have to be a, a large part of it, and I have to assume that it sparked some internal conversation. I think there was an outrage on Twitter. Um, I think they're worried about their uh, season ticket holders. I think they're worried about ticket sales for next year. Will trading these star players away drop the t- drop the ticket prices at all for them? Absolutely not. So uh, I think this is their way to save face and say, listen, we're we're doing some change, some changes. It's OK. You know, stick with us. But it's to me, it's it's really just uh, like you kind of said, it's a it's a soft reaction to. To the fan base overreacting to a couple of arguably minor moves, they're beloved players, but Brandon Saad's not winning you a championship. Corey Crawford's not going to carry you at this point. Are those changes really going to impact your lineup or chances of winning a cup in the next couple of years? Not really. Um, I think it's just it's reactionism, really. What do you think? I think it is. First, this is what Tate said. He said, I've never been told that we are going through a rebuild that has never been communicated to me. For that matter, a lot of this comes as a shock because it's a completely different direction than we expected. So he has just announced that he doesn't think the Hawks are going anywhere. Basically, if you read between the lines, which you don't really have to read too hard between the lines, he's insinuating that they got Zadorov for Brandon Saad. 
he's saying Zadorov isn't going to help us win, and our goalies are are garbage, and we're They're we're so going bad. to lose. They have Dalia, they have Subban, and they have somebody else. So, if your captain comes out and says that, understandable. You have a conversation with him behind closed doors. The fact that they are just giving into their fan base and having to write that letter is embarrassing. So Chicago went through a a change with their upper management. John McDonough left or he was fired. I don't know how he left or why he left, but he was he was let go. He was the president. He was a great guy. He ran the Cubs for years. Then he transitioned to the Hawks. He he guided the Hawks into one of the I would say top five richest franchises in hockey, wouldn't you think? Yeah. And he he came in when they were just terrible. They didn't have a TV deal in Chicago. They, they were nobody. You could walk downtown and be a Chicago Blackhawk and no one would knew who you were because they were literally blacked out in their um, area. You couldn't watch a Hawk. Not blacked out that way, Tim. Blacked out on the TV. He looks at me, gives me a wink like, nice. <laughs> no, I didn't. But they you couldn't watch a Hawks game in Chicago. So he came in. He fixed that. He got them on TV. He pumped them up. He did the Hawks convention. He did so much to build that team. And for some reason, they let him go. If he was still there, he would not have done this. This, this is giving in to the fan base and saying, oh, my God, uh, sorry, and they panic, and they release this. If you have to say that you're committed to winning, there's something wrong. It's 2020. That's what it is. That should Yes, because everyone's so stinking soft. If, if someone gets their feelings hurt, everyone, everyone has to panic because no one can have their feelings hurt nowadays. Nobody. It's, it's not allowed. Everybody has to live in this perfect world where everybody's super safe and everybody's feelings are great and everybody is just encouraged and patted on the back saying, you're doing a great job. Every, everything's fine. You're perfect. Oh, you, you live in your parents' basement? You're great. You're doing so great. You're not doing great. You got to figure it out. Like, let's go. Nick and Tim's just like, stop. So, A, the Hawks should have never written this letter. It is lightning and thunder outside. Are you scared of that, Tim? I'm a little scared. It's fine. We're in the property. We're good. I think... Now, because they wrote this letter, this is going to create ripples in the Hawks organization now. I think Kane and Taves are upset, and something big is going to happen. Do you think they're embarrassed by this, too? Yeah. Well, for sure. I And I talk to these guys every year, and I'm, I'm, I'll be frank with you. Every year I talk to them, they're like, I don't know half the guys on our team. Like, <laughs> we are not going to win. Like, it's going to be a tough year. They said that this year. And, and they say it, and I, I don't know, I'm sure someone will grab this and make a article out of it but I, i'm not saying who said that but it's guys on the team who have been there a long time like we, we don't know who's on our team i can't even list off like half the guys and it's just it's just the state of their game they signed a lot of big contracts when they were trying to win the stanley cup and they succeeded they won three stanley cups now is the time where you have to accept the fate accept the hand you're dealt try to trade taves try to trade kane get some assets for him if you're not going to try to win every single year what's the point Really, what's the point? Don't just kind of make tertiary moves like getting rid of Saad. Saad wasn't good. He wasn't good last year. He hasn't been good for the last few years. Zadorov is a good defenseman. He'll do well for them. Like he's not on the same level as as a Duncan Keith or a Seabrook in his prime. He'll be in their top four. Yeah. But to, to think that they're going to improve from last year for the moves that they just made, no. Crawford was light years better than these goalies that they have now. And Saad would arguably be in their first or second line. So I don't know. I would be upset if I was Taser Kane. I would be embarrassed if I was, if I was the organization. And if I was a fan, I'd be like, great. 
I, I complained and they answered me. So guess what? I'm going to complain some more and they better answer me again or else I'm going to be super upset. That's the thing with people who complain. If you give into it once, you better do it again or else they're going to be even more upset. Like yep. you, you have to hold your ground. You have That's like my kids. It's, it's literally like a child and a parent. If, if a kid wants something and you say no and they go and get it, you need to discipline them right now and you need to take care of it right at that very moment. You cannot give them any more leverage. You have to swat them right there and like that's it. Now these fans are like – I know it's a bad analogy, but it is. It's like a, it's, this organization should have just ignored the fans or they should have came out and said, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm trying to run, run a franchise. I'm trying to win a Stanley Cup, obviously. Have you seen our salary cap? Have you seen what we're going up against? We have Taze and Kane who are on the back end of their career. Duncan Keith, he's good, but he isn't Duncan Keith from 10 years ago. And we have nobody good in the system. Well, I don't want to say nobody good, but they are not in a good spot. No. And, and they're not going to say that, but they, they should say we're, we're doing our best. Some of the, the, the worst parts of this letter, I want to call out a couple of sentences. <gasps> uh, <laughs> we understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. That's, I mean, one, it's just like, so soft talking about, like, Oh, your feelings are hurt. Like you didn't like this player was traded. It's happened every year to every franchise since the beginning of the league. It's a business. It, yeah. it, this is not your family. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is not a reunion where you, you get to see these guys every year. It's a business. They're trying to make the team better. Sod wasn't that great last year. Trade them. You know what I mean? Zadorov, get some fresh blood, mix it up. I don't know. Like fans should not be too invested into a team to the point where they're. Did you see this when Lunkfus left from the Rangers fans? What? I don't think the the fans were that out, outraged. No. Did you see it when Hopi left? Did you see it when other guys like I don't Lucic got left? Krug, Krug from Boston. It, it's very strange. Did the Bruins or the Rangers or anybody make a statement? The only statement they should have made, and I think they did. You know. Corey was great for us while he was here. Good luck. Yeah, that's all you need that's to say. That's it. Don't just say, oh, sorry. We tried to make the right move. You know what? Trade backsies. We okay. want them back. Here's another one. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit and stay there. What are the chances the Blackhawks do that? I'm slim. Very slim. Yeah. Especially when they did send Sod to another Western Conference powerhouse. <laughs> and if he's playing on Colorado's third line – it's a pretty good third line if Brandon Sod's on your third line. I agree. Like I know he hasn't had the the seasons that he's had in years past when he was like a stud carrying the play and just like lugging the puck up and down the ice, but he's still – like he'll get you 40 points. Yep. So the summit. If you have to say that, you're not going to reach it. We were already the youngest team in the 2020 playoffs. Irrelevant. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's, it's so just it's just an excuse. Stupid, yeah. It's oh. just an excuse. Well, we were young. That's why. Good for us. Pat on the back. You know, we call that in marketing a vanity metric. It's like, oh, it looks nice on like a PowerPoint slide. It means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. We were good two quarters ago, <laughs> but not this quarter. You're, Chicago, like it is what it is. And teams mortgage their future for their present. That's the state of the game. If, if you see a window – and you see a chance to win the Stanley Cup, you go for it. You see the Colorado Avalanche is doing it right now. They're getting saw. They're giving away Zadorov and some draft picks. They're going for it. The, the way the contracts are right now, Kyle McCarr is going to be up next year. They're going to have to give him a lot of money. Landis Scott is going to have to get a new contract next year. They're going for it this year. This is their season. And the Hawks did that. And good for them. They won three Stanley Cups. You're, you expect 
you know, you're so high, you expect to, you know, come back down to earth for a few years. And then you reload and you just right back on the horse. But you nailed it too. Like that's, that's the cost of doing business. That's the cost of winning championships. You, you mortgage your future to win now. They did it and they did it as better than anyone in the last yeah. 20 years. And this, this is what happened six, seven years later. I mean, check, it happened to the, the, the Kings. The garbage now. The Bruins are on that way. Yep. They're they're in two three years. They're going to be in the in the basement. And I mean, check check in on the Lightning on seven years when when Stamkos is forty and and Kucherov is scoring twenty goals instead of forty. And it's just it's not that. It, that's how it's done. That's yep. the cost of winning, and it's worth it. That's a trade you should be making. Exactly to win three Stanley Cups in five years. I think they won maybe six, six years. Yeah. That is a remarkable feat. That is a modern-day dynasty that, that is very hard to do nowadays. Pittsburgh, Rutherford has been trying to stay on top of the summit for years now. He can't do it. Like, they had their window. They won a couple Stanley Cups. Good for them. Is it good hockey? Is it good for the fans that he's still trying to, like, squeeze out a couple more years of Crosby and Malkin? Yeah, but are they the same Stanley Cup threats as they were 10 years ago? Not a chance. Like, they, if they win the Stanley Cup, that would be a surprise just because – Crosby and Malkin aren't the same players that they were 10 years ago. So I don't know. I think it's embarrassing that they wrote this letter. I think they should be ashamed of themselves. You shouldn't have to explain your moves to your like Twitter trolls just because you, you made a couple trades. If anything, the GM gets fired by the president in a couple of years because it was a bad trade. Not like, I don't know. It just looks weak. It looks soft. I don't like it. I'm sure the young kids like it because... I don't know. They get their voices heard. They're validated. But you know what the scary thing is? There's going to be more like this in the coming years. This is this is the first of, of many like this, I bet. I don't like it. I don't like it. Many, like, apologies from teams? Yeah. Or letters, like, they, they, they owe an explanation for the business decisions. I mean, it's one thing, like, it, this, I mean, the concept's not new. Like, you, you trade a player, you go to the press, and you answer for it. Like, I get that. But this this apology type, like, mea culpa thing is just, like, it's a different, it's a different structure. It's a different format. It's a different tone. And I think that we're, we're going to see more of them for sure. Well, as a fan, what is? Do you just see that letter and you go, "Oh, good, okay, we're fine now." Oh, did you hear that, fans? That storm is right on top. I'm, of I'm us. staying here tonight. I'm not driving in this. Uh, That's right on top of us. If this was the Bruins, I would be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for the Blackhawks yeah. and their fans. An original six team that, like I said earlier, is probably top five franchises in the NHL is releasing something like this. It is embarrassing. It just – it honestly does – it is a sign of the times. I don't like the times, but it is what it is. It is still thundering. Like our house is still shaking right now. What if we died? What if we died right now if a tree fell on us? Would they still release this episode? We'll have died doing what we love, John. That's true. I do love doing this podcast with you, Tim. It's so nice. It's so nice. So moving on. Even though sports had a break, your businesses did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Have you ever noticed there's no good help anymore? Kids these days don't want to work. They just want to sit around and play video games and have cash handed to them. Even podcast partners, someone who you rely on to do research, this and that, and they don't come prepared. If I would have known this before I met Tim, I would have gone to Indeed.com. Unlike the other sites, they give you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts anymore. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. You can like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 
With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more equality, more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through December 31st. The wait is finally over and football is back. I love watching myself some football on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Maybe Saturday, college games. But guess what? You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, one word, all one word. So go to Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Should we talk about another Western Conference team that is absolutely scratching my head? The Edmonton Oilers, and this is a minor thing. Okay. They, what did you think of their goaltending situation last year? That was the biggest problem, probably, for them. I would say it was either that or their defense. Yeah. Or their secondary. They had a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. So do you think they would maybe mix it up? They're going back to the well again. They signed back Mike Smith, the old ageless wonder himself. And they're, they're bringing back um, Koskiemi. So they're bringing Koskinen. back Koskinen. Who cares? Boy, is there a Koskiemi? Probably. Koskinini. There's so many Finns and Swedes with that name. It's annoying. They should just get a good old wholesome name like Scott. Do you see any like major differences in playing style and personality in the Finns versus Swedes? Or are they kind of just blended for you? The Swedes are, Swedes are more talented. Yeah. The Finns are more um, disciplined. Yeah, I played my, – my first year was all Finns on my team. It was um, Antti Miettinen, Miku Koivu, yeah. Nicholas Backstrom, and a few others. And they were just disciplined, hardworking. They get the job done. Then I played with a bunch of Swedes in Chicago with Stahlberg and Yalmerson and Marcus Kruger. And they were, like, just really skilled, really flashy, really – yeah, that's, that's just how I see Finns and Swedes. Both really great people. But just it's funny. They're so close. They couldn't be – more opposite as far as players go. But then you see the finished flash. So that doesn't really, doesn't really fit that mold. But just you know, my personal experience, I'll tweet it out. It'll be, it'll be a fact. <laughs> but anyway, so the Oilers, they're bringing back the same two goalies. And again, you always look to the stars. Jonathan Taves said, I don't know where this franchise is heading because we traded Corey Crawford or didn't re-sign him. If you're Connor McDavid and you're sitting in your house and you see Mike Smith getting signed again for one year, $2 million, do you just shake your head? Go, what are we doing here? Like, wh- why are we – and I, listen, I, I'm a bike, big Mike Smith fan. I play with him in Arizona. I think he's a great guy. I like his family and his kids. That's personal. Business-wise, hockey-wise, he should not be in the league. With all the good goaltending that was out there, with all the good goalies that are still on the market, they signed a guy who has been with them who played okay. I, I, I don't get it. If you're, if you're McDavid and Dreinsidel – what are you doing when you see that come across the ticker? 
I mean, they have to be, they got to be beyond frustrated, right? Like McDavid's made one playoff one in probably six years now. I mean, how do you not like he needs to see his team trying to improve and look at Buffalo. Eichel's got to look at that. He's not there yet, but he sees his GM making moves and they're trying to improve. Taylor Hall. Oh, Eric yeah. Stahl, what a move. Right? Like, and you're not, that's not happening in, in uh, Edmonton. Now, Edmonton obviously has another top five superstar in the game that, that Buffalo doesn't in, in terms of your commitment to the team and, and the financial commitment on the roster and the salary cap and, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl. But again, you need to How see. How dare you disparage Jeff Skinner like that? <laughs> I, uh, I actually like Jeff Skinner, but uh, he's obviously not at this level. He's a good guy to throw rocks at. I hated playing against him. Why? He was so annoying. He was this little rat who used to complain nonstop, nonstop, would always try to get penalties, would always dive. If you touched him, he'd shake his hand like he slashed him. He would just like – he always had that sourpuss look on his face. Just a guy you'd like to the, literally punch in the face every time you saw him. But anyways, go ahead. No, that's my point. I just, I, I think Edmonton, Drysaddle, uh, McDavid and Drysaddle got to be frustrated. I don't think they see their team getting better. Um Gosh, I, what do you do with them, though? Like, If you're them, what do you do? You can't do anything. You're locked in. You just have to hope that your team does better. I don't know. They've been making – they made – I don't know. I, I, it's it's a head-scratcher. They they really have just – they're ruining two superstars. They're ruining it, – it's going to go down in history. Will McDavid go down as the greatest player ever to not win a Stanley Cup? It's looking like it. Like if he if he keeps the same trajectory, Joe Thornton I think is the top of that list right now. He's up there of people who haven't won a Stanley Cup. He could he could come out of this being a top two or three point getter of all time with no no cup on his uh, on his mantle. It'd be wild. It'd be absolutely wild. It'd be Minnesota wild. It'd be crazy. He's got at least ten more years in his career, right? Oh, without a doubt. I think the way the league is going and the way they protect – or not protect, but they let it, let the players fly now with the hooking and the holding. He, and he's going to put up – I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 150 points this year if they play 82 games. Like he is – he's so good. He's really, really good. But anyways, it, it's really sad that they just – and I know Mike I'll, – I'll shoot him a text. Tell him I'm sorry. But man, <laughs> it's just like why would you do that? Why? I don't understand what you're gaining in that situation. He's – He's got to be almost 40 years old. Does he? He's a good guy in the locker room, maybe? I have no idea. I have no idea. Why not take a flyer on a rookie? You take a flyer on a younger guy. Give him a, like a, a deal to prove himself. I, I honestly don't understand. But anyways, okay. Let's, let's just discuss a couple guys who haven't had contracts yet. After discussing Mike Smith, who had that one year, $2 million. $2 million bucks. That's a... <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. It's a lot of money. Unbelievable. Okay, so what is going on with Mike Hoffman? Why is he not signed yet? Why have the Bruins been so hesitant to sign this guy? They need a winger. They need scoring. It seems like the perfect mix. What's going on with Neely? Well, I don't. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen where like there's there's sort of a melee for the top free agents all at once that first couple of days, and then there's sort of like a, an exhale, right? Where there's still one or two kind of I wouldn't say elite, but but major players left. Um, where they're taking their time. He's taking his time. I'm sure he's courting offers from at least five or six teams, if not more. I bet a lot more than that, or at least taking the can on him. And he's, his power's in his hands right now. He can kind of go where, wherever he wants. Um, but I think teams are going to start to 
not get frustrated, but move on. Like, hey, you're either part of our plan or not, but we got we to gotta move forward with the business in the, in the off season, right? Um, I know what you're going to say, though. Are, are you thinking that his, his drama from past season has something to do with it in the locker room? No, I think he set a number for himself, and I think reality is coming fast where he's not worth that much. What do you and think his number is? I thought I bet you he said a number at four or five million. He's worth that. No, he won't get it. You think so? Four million, yeah. Four and a half. I bet you maybe he said a number at five then. I don't think he touches five. I think people are offering him three and a half right now. Three million bucks. No, no. There are guys that are That's why he hasn't signed. Signing for more. That's why he hasn't signed. He he set the market for himself. He had a number in mind. Teams aren't going near him. I think he will sign a number that'll be a big disappointment from what he he thought he was going to get coming into free agency. And the same with Anthony Duclair. I would say if you're going to rank the, the top two guys who can impact your team, those would be the top two guys who can impact your team. And Dukes, he, I don't know what the deal is. And Eric Holla. I, I, I truly believe the best player out there is Eric Holla. I like this guy. He's so good. He is really good. His agent said they're talking to like 15 teams. And they're trying to sift through all the, the possibilities and the options Imagine having 15 NHL deals you could pick from. It'd be wild. It'd be Minnesota wild. Was the most you ever had? Three. I have a question. When you talked about um, – so Wednesday you released the flashback episode, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned live teams calling and just kind of kicking the tires on you a little bit, but yeah. like nothing. What does that conversation actually look like? Like, hey, John, what, how are you feeling? What are you thinking for next year? Well, I, I remember my last year when I signed with Arizona, Pittsburgh called. And they were like, we're not sure what we're going to do. We like you, but we, we are just unsure. And I was like, Pittsburgh, that'd be great. Go play with Crosby. Go play with Malkin. And they're like, we really, you know, we want to get this done, but we can't do it right now. We have to move some stuff around and see what we're going to do. And I was like, all right, well, if something comes along, I'm not going to wait. And so teams just kind of check in to see if you're still available and if you would come to that team. And as soon as I got off the phone with them, Arizona called and they said, if John wants to come, he has to come now. Like literally, we'll give him a few hours. If not, we're going to move on and we'll we'll go somewhere else. Because they're not going to wait around for like a, a plug, like a fourth line guy who's barely going to play. And I was like, well, okay, here's the thing. Do I go to Pittsburgh to a winner, try to win a cup, or do I go to Arizona where I know I'm going to get a deal? Because Pittsburgh, I might have had to sign a two-way deal. I wasn't sure. And I, I just went with the sure thing. But when I was like my younger years, I, I had one year where I had Edmonton, Buffalo, Chicago – and I think the Devils were in on me. And I was talking to all those teams. I talked to the Oilers for a while. I talked to the whole coaching staff and their GM. And they just tell you what, how they envision you going there, what your role would be, where they see you. Are they all kind of telling you the same thing? No. Like Edmonton's was funny. They're like, we're, we're three or four years out from being a really good team. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we see you being a defenseman here. You know, we'll probably throw you at forward at some games, but you play defense, so get good ice time. You can protect Taylor Hall. That's right when they drafted him. And um, I was like, okay. You know, and so they, they literally said they were three or four years away from being a contender. And then they go, we'd like to sign you to a two-year deal. <laughs> and I was like, what? Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. And then, so I was all set to sign with them, and Chicago called. And they were coming off the Stanley Cup, and they said, listen, we're going to lose Dustin Bufflin. Obviously, we know you're not in the same wheelhouse as him, but we think we can build you to be that type of player where you're going to be on the back end. We'll put you forward. We'll kind of work you in, but you'll be a big, big, big part of the team. We'll sign you for two years. And I was like, man, do I go to a team that's up and coming? You know, arguably we'll be the last place team in the league, Edmonton Oilers at that point. Or do I go a team that's going to be competing for the Stanley Cup? 
And Chicago was less money. I think I signed for a hundred grand less each year with Chicago. And my wife's like, we're not going to Edmonton like that. No, sorry. And so we, we picked Chicago and that that's how it goes. You talk to the GM, you talk to the coach, you kind of figure out what your role would be, where you fit in the lines and how that works. And I'm sure being a top guy, you want to know who you're playing with. You want to know what the power play is, where, where you, where you fit in. And if you're a guy like Eric Halla, you're like, am I going to be on the third line? Am I going to be on the second line? You're going to give me some power play time. Am I going to get opportunities there? And this and that. So it's it's kind of interesting to see the the conversations that go back and forth between a player and an organization. Because a player does have a lot of leverage at that point, especially when there are multiple contracts on the table. Do you have any idea of where Halla or Hoffman or maybe Anthony Duclair sign? Any inkling? Well, I think one of them will go to Boston, if not two of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Duclair and Hoffman both go to Boston. They're they need be- some wingers. Yeah, but they got Craig Smith. So, yeah, and he's just as good as Taylor Hall, if not better. Yeah, if you look at the stats, if you look at the stats on Wednesdays in an afternoon game, I bet whoever tweeted that stat was also the same one who tweeted at the Blackhawks. Uh, my challenge to everybody is just to get off Twitter for a week. You'll see, you'll be so much happier. Twitter is just such a distraction, except my Twitter. It's the best. Like, follow, and uh, poke, <laughs> poke me. Very good. Any, anything else, Jim? No. I gotta lay some flooring here. Get back to work. I know. I might need a boat to get. Might need a boat. It's raining so much. <laughs> and how many birthday tweets have you got or texts? Uh, like sixty. Oh, you got so many friends. I got another one just a few minutes ago. And what do they say? Do they say happy birthday, Tim? Some of them just say happy birthday, Tim. Some of them I had to scroll to read how long their text is. Any girls saying hey, Tim? Uh, yeah, probably. You don't read them all. Some of them are just like they don't say their name. Some just say like. Hey, it's Dan from Orno or, or Jen from Toronto. Or... We got one from Orno? I don't know. Probably. I've been to Orno. Where? Why? Northern Minnesota. We went on the Minnesota road tour. Oh, really? You mean? Me and Bugard. Oh. Oh, what? Orno, Minnesota? Yeah. Oh, I was talking about Orno, Maine. But... Never heard of that dump. No, it's Orno, Minnesota. All right, everybody. Well, I got to back to work. I appreciate all of the support and the listen. I like this episode where we don't talk about hockey too much. We talked about hockey the entire time. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> well, we'll try to do better. Always striving for to do better. And I hope everyone has a good weekend. Halloween's coming up. What are you going to be for Halloween, Tim? Oh, I don't know. There's nothing we can be, right? With that attitude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? I always dress up as Frankenstein, usually. Or Captain Hook. The same costume every year? I just, yeah. I just kind of re- repurpose it. Maybe I'll wear my World War II thing. And <sighs> pull that out of the closet. I actually saw you in that. You look pretty good. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Not physically. Uh I saw a picture. Yeah. That'd be nice. All right, everybody. Well, be good. I'm standing up. Oh, I was sitting down that whole time. 40 minutes. I'm getting old, Tim. That's enough. Bye, everybody. I'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. Oh.